So we are back into the Ten Commandments this morning. If you guys weren't with us a few weeks ago, we had some fun. I forgot the Fifth Commandment. I jumped onto the sixth one and called it the fifth one. And ironically, with my parents in the room, I just, you know, deleted the commandment that says, honor your father and your mother. (laughs) So now that they're not here today, I'm going to go back to this commandment. Now, let's uh, let's, uh, get into it. It's beautiful. And we're actually going to take two weeks on it because it's so good, um, so, so relevant for our world today. I mean, massively relevant because the whole idea of parents is under attack. I mean, the enemy's working overtime to undermine that institution of parents being the God-given leaders of their children. And God, or the enemy's doing whatever he can to kind of bring disconnect to parents and children or between parents and children. So this is extremely relevant for our world. So we'll spend two weeks. Let's get right into it. Deuteronomy 5.16, we're in the Ten Commandments. This is number five. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So right in there, there is a promise, a promise that as children posture their hearts to honor their father and mother as God has commanded in prior times, your days will be long. It will go well with you. So there is a promise of blessing when we as children intentionally posture our hearts to receive from the blessings that parents have for us. But that's really going to be the focus of next week, our posture as children. And no matter how old we are, this is very important, no matter how old we are, there are very appropriate settings in which we posture our hearts with a childlike humility to receive. And so we'll get there. That's really kind of the, from the children's perspective is next week. I really felt like God wanted me to start with kind of the parents' perspective and bless the role of parents, bless the institution of parents. It's, it's a basic structure. The fifth commandment is coming with the assumption that we understand that one of God's basic structures of society is parents leading children. One of God's basic structures of how he created, it's in our biology even. It's in our spiritual DNA. It's one of the ways that God has structured the world in his good creation for blessing to pass from one generation to another. And I believe God wants to bring a word of encouragement today to parents, to grandparents, to future parents, and even to to spiritual parents, which all throughout God's word plays a vital role in God's economy, that extended spiritual family where there will be spiritual, in addition to biological, there will be spiritual aunts and uncles and parents and grandparents. It's a beautiful thing that God has set up. Talked more about that last week. But here we go. I believe in my preparation time, God brought a word of encouragement. God wants you to know as parents, grandparents, spiritual parents, if you stay deeply connected to him, you will raise giants in the land. If you stay deeply connected to him, you will raise giants. 
Psalm 112, 1 to 2. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the one who reveres the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. That is a promise from God that I believe we, we all are being invited to right now by God's word to posture our hearts in a receiving way. Even if you already know that you have a strong concept of parenting and God's role of parents and a theology of parenting in your roles, there's a humility right now then to come under God's word and be refreshed and strengthened by this crazy awesome truth. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the one who reveres the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. So this is all about your connection to God. And the result is your offspring will be mighty in the land. That is a promise from God. For parents, grandparents, spiritual parents, the parent who stays deeply connected to God. This is about you and God. First and foremost, you will raise giants in the Lord. I believe God wants to refresh us with that today. Notice that it doesn't say, blessed are the perfect parents, they will raise giants. Amen, that's a good word. That's good news. <laughs> blessed are the parents who never mess up, who never have to say they're sorry, who never learn and grow. No, it doesn't say that. It says, blessed is you, the one who stays deeply connected to God. You will raise giants. The one who reveres God the one who delights in God's ways, who is deeply in awe and in worship of God. And it translates, it gets passed on. You will be mighty. They will be mighty. Your offspring will be giants. So back to the beginning. God's basic structure here of society is this biblical picture. This, excuse me, the, God's created, creative purpose shows us that a basic structure that we see in biology and in the spiritual DNA is that a man will leave their father and mother, become one flesh. They will be fruitful and multiply. They will have children. <laughs> and this will go on and on. Within that biological structure, there is a spiritual structure. Parents are the God-ordained, God-given leaders of the home who pass on the goodness of God to their children. But we have to recognize right now in our society, this is not a given anymore. Absolutely not a given. There are many different ways in which the, that structure, both the biological structure and then the spiritual DNA in it of just simply parents leading their children is absolutely being threatened from the, the kind of just the idea of it to the implementation of it to the laws that are being uh, proposed to the TV shows that are showing that really kind of a rite of passage into adulthood is just the rejection of your parents. And these kind of lies so clever, they sound like truth, that are the enemy at work to disconnect parents from children. And that's what we got to look for. Anything that's promoting the idea that disconnects parents from children, and that's really where the attack goes. Because I think once you're a parent, you know you're supposed to be connected. So the, the children are the ones that are mainly targeted. Because they're vulnerable, they're impressionable. So the, the messages come that, that you can be disconnected. You don't really need your parents in various ways. And so disconnect from your parents. And, and, and if they do, it's the devil's playground. Because that's, that's disrupting 
a, a built into creation in our biology and our spiritual DNA that parents are designed by God to be there to lead their children. I mean, right now we've got a wave of legislation coming in various ways that's been increasingly emboldened to just to, you know, di- disconnect parents. I read recently s- several states right now, and it's not. Let me make this clear. It's not just like one thing where it's like, oh my gosh, that's Satan incarnate. It's, it's, the, it's the growing multitude of things that are these little disconnection points, one at a time. It's this song from the, your favorite pop artist. It's this show that, that shows 14-year-old kids acting like their parents are completely stupid and know nothing, and, and, and it just sits there. It's not the old show that says, but at the end, they learn that their parents are actually have their best for them and have been through the battles and want to support them and really know better than them and want to feed into them and, and show them from their mistakes the right way or from their victories the right way. It just leaves it at parents are idiots. Or maybe it's the straight-up legislation right now that's on the table that says, you know, a 12- to 14-year-old kid can decide if they want the vaccine or not and they don't need parents' permission. They'll do it at school without parental consent. I mean, 12-year-old, <laughs> they, don't, they don't even know what color socks to put on. I mean, come on. Or, or, and I've had two 12-year-olds now, and so I say that with authority. <laughs> um, and I think my third one intentionally wears discolored socks. <laughs> um, but they get serious. I mean, as you fast forward a couple of years, you can have a freshman girl in high school who's pregnant and go, you know, end the life of the child in her womb without even letting her parents know that it happened. So that's not so subtle. Disconnecting parents from their children. Or right now, I mean, you, you, there's some crazy stuff going out through the UN. United Nations is putting out pamphlets right now uh, that is, what's the name of it? It's just a stupid name. Oh, exclaim. It's called exclaim. Woo, good news. I'm going to exclaim young people's guide to sexual rights. Young people, what they mean is, you know, you're 17 and under. Your guide to sexual rights. So these are being distributed predominantly in developing nations around the world. And it, wow, it was created by none other than the wonderful group of committed parents, International Planned Parenthood known for their incredible parenting techniques of ending children's lives. And they're writing books on parenting, and, or, uh, uh, excuse me, of, wait, this is ironic, young people's rights. Okay. Sexuality, here's, here's some of the wonderful quotes in this pamphlet that, I mean, by the millions are being given, given to kids across the world, not to the parents, given to kids. So you talk about disconnect. What's the goal? Disconnect from your parents. So these pamphlets being distributed in the street to kids to plant these ideas. Sexuality is a central aspect of being human. Watch this phrase. During all phases of each person's life. Young people are sexual beings. They have sexual needs, desires, fantasies, and dreams. It is important for all young... This is direct quotes. It is important for all young people around the world to be able to explore, experience, and express their sexualities in healthy, positive, pleasurable, and safe ways. This can only happen when young people's sexual rights are guaranteed. Towards the end of the brochure, here are two of the specifically named sexual rights. One, God, it's like, can't even hide it anymore. Gosh, God help us. Removal, here's a quote. 
removal of parental involvement or spousal consent laws that prevent young people from seeking sexual and reproductive health. Removal of parental involvement. Like, <laughs> that, hello! <laughs> like, that phrase should raise a red flag in any place that it's, that it's put in print or implemented. The second one here, autonomy to make decisions about one's sexuality in line with evolving capacity of young people and without forceful interference from your parents, guardians, or other adult figures about your own sexuality. So you can be 12 and you can't figure out what sock to put on, but you can have some confused feelings and today feel a little bit understood. So yeah, go do this surgery and take all these hormones that completely changes your gender for the rest of your life. It's irreversible, but your parents should not be involved at all in that decision because they're probably just gonna harm you. That is the message. That's the assumption. Lies so clever, they sound like truth. Wrapped in a guise of human rights, the real intention is to remove parents from the lives of their children, to teach children they should not trust their parents. Don't receive from your parents. You don't really need your parents. They're, they're, in fact, they're probably gonna harm you if you bring to them important questions that you're wrestling with. So it's your right to remove yourself. Why? Because they're a threat. I mean, that's what's being taught. Don't trust them. If you come to them with your confused feelings, they're probably gonna hurt you with their perspective. Freaking demonic. It's ludicrous. Parents are being discouraged from calling their children by, their, by a name. I mean, I saw, I saw, this is the news, this is the news. Parents are being discouraged from calling their children by a name that has a male or female connotation to it because that's oppressive. It is. I, I watched this. This is on the news. You are supposed to wait until your child can talk and, and, and tell you their preference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, don't give them a name that influences their gender. That's oppressive. You know, you got to keep it kind of like, it, you know, kind of let it bat both ways. You know, kind of like pick a name like Casey. You know, it's like, see, my parents were way, they were early woke people. They were like, Casey, we'll let him decide. It, it, it swings both ways. So you got to all do that, okay? In the meantime, or if you can't figure that out, it's just like, hey, you, you know, that's, that's good for him. I honestly saw a news article where it was saying children, or excuse me, the new thing that parents who are really cool do is they ask their babies permission <laughs> to change their diapers. Like, I know this, is, this, was, this would be funny if it wasn't seriously demonic in all of its, you know, uh, together in the message. But it, it literally, I saw it. It was on the news. I, I can, it was like a year ago. I, I'll send you the link if you want. There's this group. And they, they were advocating that, you know, it's, that it's violating the children that if you change your diapers without permission. And I mean, you just kind of think about that. It's just like, oh my gosh, I've had three boys. You're like, you know, it's, this is the most stupid scene in the world. Like coming up with my son, like, oh, Daniel. Hey, hey buddy, you know, it's, like, it's dad, it's, it's, it's dad over here. I'm sorry, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Maybe I speak Spanish to him. It's kind of like a little Daniel. It's kind of a little swinging both ways if I just be bilingual. So there we go. It's dad over here and uh, you know, I just know, I, I noticed, I'm not trying to get in your way, but you know, you're, you're rolling in your own diarrhea. Would it be, I'm gonna give you two options right now. You know, should I, can I kind of wipe it off or you, you wanna keep like laying in it and rolling around? Is, oh, oh, what's that? You're, you're, you're three months old, what? Oh, 
Oh, I'll, I'll take your silence as you want to roll in it. Okay, mom and I are cool. Let's just go on a date, babe. Let him roll in it. I mean, it's so stupid, but it's literally real now. It's real. We're laughing because we're not crying. I mean, we could, like, it's, this is real. It's on the news. And we always trust the news. You don't. You don't. But it's, it's, it, what's crazy is, is the message from so many different levels. And I go to the, the ludicrous because, you know, what's ludicrous yesterday is real today. It's, it's normal today. It's acceptable today. I mean, you can think about the things that are, I'm mentioning about kids. Ten years ago, these ideas were ludicrous. And now we're ludicrous. We're oppressive bigots if we agree with them. So laughing now, but ooh, wow. So it's all the same message. It's disconnect parents from children, which is the exact opposite. Parents are meant to be so connected to where when their children, when children are going through those awful times, those hard times, those confusing times, there is meant to be no one else on the planet that has a better perspective than the parents because they're connected deeply to God's word connected to him, connected to his spirit, a reverence of God. They see, they see their children as God sees them. They see the potential. They see what God wants to do. There's no one that cares more. It is going to be a better advocate. That is going to better nurture, care for, support, pray for. And all of that is intentionally being disrupted and disconnected. So that's where we got to, we, we have to just step up our game to, to, to be those parents who are deeply connected because that's right there. There's the secret sauce of parenting. It's Psalm 112. The more you are deeply connected in awe and reverence to God with a living, vibrant relationship, you will raise giants. Two other verses and then we'll close. But I take a while on two, so don't, don't get excited. Psalm 78. God's purposes in parenting. This is a good one. Psalm 78, 4 to 7. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might, the wonders of all that he has done. He has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them that the children yet unborn would arise and tell them to their children so that they should, here we go, set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Here is a succinct version of God's purposes in parenting. That parents have their own, I love that word, testimony in their life. A living and active testimony. A testimony, this is, this is the healthy question. It's the same thing as being connected to God. It's what is God doing in your life lately? Lately. If you're connected to God, you have a testimony. Your testimony is not to be, not to be 20 years ago when I got saved, I had this cool thing with God, and since then I've just kind of been floating. No, this is, we are meant to be living testimonies, growing testimonies, because we never disconnect. It's about living life connected to Jesus, revering him, loving him, worshiping him, and our testimony is living and active, and it grows. And so this is saying to the parents who have testimony, living and active in your relationship with God, you simply pass it on. 
Come on, that's an easy job as a parent. Have a real relationship, vibrant, active relationship with Jesus and just pass it on. And what happens, it says, as parents pass on to the next generation the glorious deeds of the Lord. So this, the glorious deeds, those are cool phrases. The glorious deeds of the Lord. The wonders that he has done. This is not supposed to be only what happened 2,000 years ago in the early church or 3,000 years ago in the people of Israel and all the stuff in between. All that's great. This is also to, to be the glorious deeds of the Lord, the wonders that he has done in your life this week and last week and last month and in the last six months and in the last year and in the last five years and the children are meant to be the blessed recipients as they grow up of watching all that. Come on, even though they ignore us on purpose, they're watching everything. They are soaking it all up. And you know how I know for a fact? Because when I'm disciplining my son and he's mad at me, he repeats back stuff to me that I thought he completely ignored. <laughs> You're watching me, boy. <laughs> you are. And, and you are quick to call out my hypocrisy in every moment, which I'll take as the good word of, you're getting every single one of my sermons, baby. Even though you pretend you're like, la, 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 I can't hear you. It's going in. But he's got a point. What he's looking for is, are you living it? If you're living it, it becomes power. It raises giants. So it says, parents, pass on to the next generation glorious deeds of the Lord, the wonders that he has done, and I'm going to insert, is doing. And here's the purpose. So that the next generation sets their hope in God, has a deep awareness and gratitude for what God has done, resulting in a desire to follow his ways. That's in the lift notes. If you haven't got it, pick one up on the way out. That's good. That's good stuff. As you pass it on, you live it yourself, you've got your own living and active testimony, what's going to happen? What does the Bible say? The next generation will set their hope in God? Well, that's, woo! Everybody has a source of hope that gets them up in the morning. If not, they're in despair, and that's not where we want to be. So something is getting people up. Something got you up in the morning. You are hoping in something. And this is saying, parents... When you stay deeply connected to God, living and active, over time, what's going to happen, it's your children. It is setting their hope in God. That's the foundation of waking up in the morning. Where's your hope? In God. It's going to happen. Believe it. And then it says it's, they're going to have that deep gratitude and awareness, for, uh, awareness of what God has done. Like it says, they will forget not the works of God. Meaning they're going to have an awareness they're going to have gratitude. This is what God's done in my family's life, in my parents. They're going to be aware of that. It's going to be gratitude flowing out of them. And then it says they're going to keep his commandments. I like to say that as they're going to follow his ways. They're going to want to follow his ways. Our life should point them to his ways. See what's going on? They should see, they see in us his ways because it's our ways. And because it's lived out authentically, they trust that his ways can be trusted. So I want they, at the end of the day, they want to follow his ways because they've seen his ways in you and their life. See, this is not simply the passing of information absent from real life experiences. That is where we get dead religion. That's where we get legalism without life. 
So the essence here of parenting it's getting at is you're training up your children in the way of the Lord, but it's not these heavy-handed rules and regulations. It is the truth of God, hear this, being incarnated, made real like Jesus did. He took all the truths of who God is and he incarnated them. He made them real, showing us what it looks like. That's our job as parents. And in a sense, it's simple. It's just live out your own authentic, vibrant, real relationship with God. And as you incarnate that, as you live it, you will pass it on to, to them, to the next generation. So I, I personally, I'm 100% convinced, raising three boys, been a parent for almost 19 years now, that one of absolutely the most powerful parenting tools in the world is quite simply have an authentic, vibrant, living relationship with Jesus. It will raise giants. Deuteronomy 32 says the same thing. Let's go back. This is the final verse for the day. This is at the end of Deuteronomy. So we got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. This is the end of the Torah, the end of the law. This is Moses in his very last speech to the people of Israel. So this is where, you know, he's summarizing all that God has done, all that God has said. What are those kind of keynote takeaway perspectives? And he says this, Deuteronomy 32, 45 to 47. When Moses has, had finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them, take to heart all the words by which I am warning you today that you may command them to your children and that they may be careful to do all the words in this law. So let me stop right there. Commands, laws, that scares us, right? Rules, regulations, empty religion, no. Listen to the next thing. For it is not the law, the commands. They are not an empty word for you, but your very life. And this word and by this word, the word of God, the commands of God, the ways of God, like we said, they are our delight. That's how we started this whole thing about the Ten Commandments. If you see them as rules and regulations, you are missing the point. It is after you're in a relationship with God that's based on grace, based on that song we sang, his love that's coming after us, tearing down all those walls, you know, shining the light in the dark places. When you're running from him, he's still running after you. And when he finally, he catches you. <laughs> And pins you down with that embrace of the prodigal, which says, you might be in the pig slop. I'm running after you. That's the initiation of relationship with God. It's the same from the beginning of the Bible to the end. And so the commandments are on the heels of that. After God saw them in slavery and he, and he felt compassion and he decided to set them free and save and heal and restore and provide and make promises. All these beautiful words that we use for Jesus because it's the same God, the same heart the same love. And the commandments come on the heels of that as this is how you walk in intimacy with me. We all need guardrails. We all need to know the truth of this is what good, this is what's good, this is what is not. That's the, in some ways, that's back to the essence of parenting. You're a bad parent if you say, do whatever you want. That's bad. That is bad parenting. If God were to do that with us, yeah, I love you so much, but do whatever you want. That's the path to destruction. We need the truth. We need the truth spoken in love, but we need the truth. That's how God is with us. 
He knows what's best for us. He wants what's best for us. He cares more than anyone else about us. He cares more about us even than we care more about ourselves. And don't you feel that about your kids sometimes? I love you more than even you love yourself. I want the best for you. It's meant to be the same thing. And so these verses are saying, this is not, back to 47, this is not an empty word for you. These laws, these commands, but they are your very life. By this word, you shall live long in the land. What a phrase. For this, this whole law of the commands, this is no empty word for you, but your very life. Parenting is not meant to be empty rules and regulations, rituals with no life. Healthy parenting is you simply pass on your very life in God to them through your living example. It's right there in the Bible. This is no empty word for you, but your very life. If it becomes your life, it will become their life. If it's the word you live on and live out, you will raise giants. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your promise that blessed is the one who is in awe of God, who reveres, who worships God, who greatly delights in God's ways. God, we pray that you help us receive this promise afresh right now, that for, for, for those of us who who do that, who follow you with everything we got, who have our, our life is in you, whose life is all about you and relationship with you, connected to you, vibrant, active, living in you. We receive a promise that our offspring, our children, our grandchildren, our spiritual children will be mighty in the land. Holy Spirit, make it happen. Seal this promise in our hearts. Encourage us with it. Strengthen us with it. Lift us up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dance a new dance like David